I don't want them to choose Christ because their parents chose Christ. I want them to choose Christ because Christ has drawn them in and they are responding to his drawing. Welcome back to Life with Gains podcast. I'm Emmanuel. And I'm Esther. Hey guys, we missed you guys. Well, at least I did. Um, <laughs> I was say, I missed my bed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we took a couple weeks off, um, but we are back. And today's topic, um, it's very fresh. Mm-hmm. It's like super fresh um, on our hearts and minds. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, but before we jump into today's topic, you know, we like to start every episode with the best thing I've heard this week. So Esther, what's the best thing you've heard this week? The best thing I heard is something I read and it was a text that I got from a coworker really late, almost probably midnight. I didn't get it till the morning. No. Yeah. And she said, Hey, could you please pray for me? And she told me why. And, um, that was just amazing because as you guys may have remembered from previous episodes, I got a part-time job and I'm not really focused on income. Um, it's, it's been beneficial, but it's been really um, a focus on being a light, showing hope, giving hope, um, and not just staying comfortable within my little Christian circles. And so this text has just really blessed me. This particular friendship has really blessed me. Um, I just love to work with this person and the opportunity that we've had to share our stories, I see has been impactful. And so I'm just like, God, if it's just one, it's just one. Like somebody had to talk to Billy Graham and MLK Jr. and all these people. So um, I'm just really grateful for that text message. And I was able to see her the next day and just give her a really big hug and um, it was one of those hugs that was awkward because I was letting go and she just stayed there. And I was like, oh, OK, we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it really blessed me. Cool. Good job, babe. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because, <laughs> yeah. So what's the best thing you've heard these last two weeks? Yeah. Um, best thing I heard, I'm going to go with um, because I love music going to go with an album um, that I saw a friend posted it on Instagram and like I'm always jacking people's music from Instagram um, looking for new music Um, but this is uh, Hear Us From Heaven album by All Nations Worship Assembly Atlanta Um, and it's a worship album that um, should come with some type of advisory (laughs) Um, because first time I listened to it, I was in my office or I was at the office. I was at work in an open floor plan and I messaged them on Instagram and I was like, um, can I get a heads up next time that an album like this will make your arms spontaneously go up in the air or (laughs) your eyes proceed to fill with water or like just some 
act of worship is liable to happen listening to this no matter where you are. Where well, you praising um, the man work. Yeah, like it's a really good, really good album. Mm. Um so if y'all looking for new music, go check it out. Um Hear Us from Heaven. It's a really good album. Mm. So let's jump into today's topic. Um, if you can't tell by the title, um, today we are talking about um, leading your kids to Christ and just kind of our journey, our history with that. Um, it's not a long history at all. No, not no. a long. Our <laughs> oldest is nine, uh, yes. but just like even our personal history. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my wife likes to start off with stats. So here's a statistic for you. Um, there was a study done by Barna Group um, that found that nearly 75% of Christian young people fall away from the faith and leave the church after high school. Um, so that is a super large number. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to an extent, uh, we were both part of that uh, number. 75. Um, and we know numerous people who were as well. Um, and I think because of our history, um, it's made us cautious and kind of Mm -hmm. think very thoroughly, um, about our own children, um, with having them, uh, or with them becoming Christians or us trying to push our Christian faith onto them. Um, and so like I said, we'll, we're just going to talk about it tonight, uh, but we'll start with a story, which is a really good story, really recent story, like uh, maybe an hour old story. Um, wow. Yeah. So our oldest son, who is now nine years old, um, through just a series of conversations, not just over the last week, but I think over the last couple of years mm-hmm. um, and just things that he's learned and the Lord has been doing um, tonight, he has... Um, made the confession of faith. Mm -hmm. So he has uh, entered the family of God. He is now a Christian. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, there were tears. (laughs) Happy tears. (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, a good moment um, for us as his parents to lead him into the kingdom and to go from not just being our son, but being a son of the Most High. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a... uh, Really good moments. Um, and so it kind of started or we got to tonight um, because this past week we had been doing a um, uh, the five day devotional. And on the last night, um, as we were kind of recapping everything that we learned, um, I ended up asking our two older sons um, just three questions, just kind of gauge to see where their hearts were. Um, so should I go through the questions? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the first question was, um, do you believe the um, the scriptures, the things that we've taught you from the Bible, do you believe those things to be true? Um, second question was, um, do you believe that what Jesus did on the cross was sufficient, is sufficient for the penalty of sin mm-hmm. and it is able to, um, you know, restore to right relationship, those that believe. And then the third question was, do you want this? Um, do you want Jesus to save you from your sins? Um, and so I'd ask the two older boys, those three questions just to kind of gauge and, um, justice, he answered first and he was like, um, kind of on question one and then yes on question two and three. 
Um, so when I went back and just kind of asked a little bit more for clarity, um, the reason he said kind of on the first question was because um, he said he wasn't sure um, because there were so many different um, Bibles. Bibles. Uh, so, so I took that to understand and kind of asked him a little bit more. But I took that to understand because there are so many different um, versions of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So whether it's your ESV and NIV, New King James, um, and then because you know the kids they have the Action Bible, we mm-hmm. have the Jesus Bible. Um, and they all kind of read a little different. Um, and so kind of because of that, he said he wasn't sure if he believed, uh, believed the events. Yeah, believed everything in the Bible, um, which first I affirmed that that was a really good and mm-hmm. thoughtful question. Um, and then just in a brief overview, um, I kind of addressed it, um, but told him, um, you know, hey, let me get some things together um, and we'll circle back and we'll sit down and mm-hmm. talk through this. Um, so you have a better understanding of um, why we believe the Bible. Um, and because I told him, I was like, because your answer to that first question um, is critical to you being able to say yes to the oh, second and third yeah. question. Um, and so, yeah, so we did that. And then with our oldest, um, with those same three questions, he said yes to all three. Um, and this particular night, Esther wasn't at work, so I didn't want to. Um, I was at work. You what said I said. wasn't. Oh, Esther was at work. <laughs> she wasn't home. Um, and so I didn't want to um, have the entire conversation without her present. Um, so I told him, you know, we'd pray and come back a few days later. And that was tonight. And um, <laughs> at the end of the conversation. And what's, what's funny oh. is that when we were getting everybody ready for bed, Jonathan was like, um, yeah, it's time for bed, but me, mommy, and daddy are going to have a chit chat. <laughs> <laughs> he was so like grown up and mm-hmm. mature about it. Yeah. He, I think they all like it. Even, um, I think you said justice told you kind of the same deal. Um, I guess the next yes, day when I asked them how devotions went the night before, he told me, he's like, I wasn't sure about the first question because of all the different Bibles, but I did answer yes to the last two questions. Yeah. So, so we're supposed to keep talking. <laughs> or no, he said, Daddy's supposed to keep asking me questions. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so we'll have a follow-up. We actually um, kind of have a plan this week to address mm-hmm. it um, over our devotions this week. Um, and disclaimer, this is not, um, to say that we have it figured out or even like we are consistent with devotions. Um, it's just the grace of God, um, that he chose this past week to move and kind of help us to jump back into some type of consistency. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so this is not to make you feel bad if you're struggling to have family devotions or anything like that, because we struggle just like uh, yes. everybody else. Um, so yeah. Uh, so one quote that, or a statement that I've heard and I remind myself all the time, um, especially having children is that God has no grandchildren. Um, and what that means is like, our children are not born into our faith. Um, like I know in the Muslim faith, um, they believe that children are born Muslim and then they choose other religions or they choose to reject 
um, the Muslim faith. Um, but as Christians, we don't believe that. Like our kids are not Christians because we're Christians. Right. They're not Christians because they grew up in church or grew up in a Christian household. Right. Um, it is a, it is the Lord drawing them and saving them and them making the decision to um, confess and believe. Um, and so knowing our history, like our personal history of our um, growing up in church, walking away from the Lord, all that, um, like it's made us very cautious with um, getting our children to the point of belief and confession. Um, because for like for me personally, and I'll let you um, kind of share yours, um, but like I grew up in the church. My dad was a preacher in the church. I was in church two or three times a week, um, twice on Sundays, the whole shebang. Um, I remember getting baptized. Uh, I don't remember how old I was. I was a preteen. Um, so somewhere around there, I remember getting baptized. Um, but I do not remember having a clear understanding of the gospel. I don't remember um, making a confession of faith. Um, I know that I repeated some stuff uh, at the time of baptism because um, that was kind of the deal of what mm. you do. Uh, but I didn't like, I didn't have an understanding of what I was getting into or what I was confessing. Um, and so I tell everybody like I may have been baptized as a child, but I did not get saved. The Lord did not save me until I was 20 um, in college. And um, I got baptized. Um, when did we get baptized? At the uh, Jordan Lake. Mm -hmm. um, not in Israel, Jordan Lake. <laughs> uh, but here in our local Lake city. Lake Jordan. Lake Jordan. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I got baptized um, a couple years after, a few years after that. Um, and so um, I know what it's like to grow up. Um, and like even when I got to when I got to college and was in high school, like I had what I would consider an assumed faith um, because I grew up in church, because my dad was a preacher, because I knew, you know, all the Bible stories from VBS and Sunday school and all that. Um, I assumed that I was a Christian, but at no point um, had I consciously made a confession of faith. Um, and I didn't want and don't want our children to have that same assumed mm -hmm. faith. Um, and so it's made us cautious with how we say, hey, do you want to become a Christian and all that? Um, so do you want to share kind of your story, our history with that? Um, so I grew up in the church as well. I mean, that's all I can remember even um, – Gosh, I can st remember stuff when I was five, going up at the front, saying verses, serving, all that. I'm, I feel like I was baptized when I was around that age or younger, but the only time I do significantly remember is I also went to private school for 11 out of my 13 years, which is a big difference between E and I. And the school I went to is very much about the gospel of Jesus Christ and um, sharing that message throughout the curriculum and we had chapel and stuff. And so I do remember, um, really truly having the Holy Spirit draw me in middle school or at, no, it was like third or fourth grade or fourth or fifth grade. And, um, I, at that time said the prayer 
and reading through like the booklet or whatever. And I remember going home and telling my parents like, hey, today I made a confession of faith and what that meant. Um, it was kind of, in retrospect, I feel like maybe it was awkward. I remember them being happy, but it was, I don't know. It's, it's a very vague memory. Mm. Um, but I do also remember being baptized at my um, church that I grew up. And, and throughout high school, like I had, I did have a hunger for the word. I will say that. Like I studied the book of Revelations. I, I read through probably most of the New Testament. Um, like there was just that, I just like to study it. Um, went to like a Duke Youth Academy program that focused on theology and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, I was still doing my sin on the side, like lust and being promiscuous and stuff. Um, so there wasn't that understanding of what's expected of me as a believer mm-hmm. and accountability and all that. And so I think the moment that I truly grasped like the love and the life that Christ has for me was in December of 05 when it was like God literally snatched me. Um, so I guess I would have been considered a prodigal daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would say that um, when you did make that confession as a youth, that like it was sincere. Oh, yeah. But there just wasn't like a um, there wasn't discipleship to yes. where you were able to flourish. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like there are people in my youth group, teachers in particular, who I love because of how honest they were about mm-hmm. different things. And I was like, oh well, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. But there was never that one-on-one discipleship that would hold me accountable where I felt I could uncover my hidden sins. Um, But I would definitely say, like, God captured my heart and I was his. Just when I got to high school, I became a part of that 70, or no, college, I became a part of that 75% that did leave the faith, that did explore other religions Mm -hmm. because I had so many questions and I saw and hated my own hypocrisy and the hypocrisy of many in the church. And so I guess that would be considered your backslidden state, right? And then um, God redeemed me in December of 05. And so that is why I'm cautious, more so because I want to make sure our sons have a have an understanding of what they are committing to. Because when you say a believer, there is a cost to it that affects like you personally. But no matter where you go, no matter what you do, you are making active decisions to choose yes to this and no to many other things. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are going to hate you on the inside and on the outside because of this faith that you confess. And so like, I'm like, because I know the questions I had in college. Yeah. And those were the questions like, oh, ain't nobody going to tell me the answer. So I'm just going to explore. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like, I think like it's good that we went through what we went through. Yeah. So our children don't have to. Um, but like, yeah, it was rough, like having questions and not knowing where to get answers from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, Honestly, like, I feel like that's why or part of the reason a lot of people leave the faith after high school or after they leave their parents' house is because, like, we haven't been equipped to be able to wrestle through those things. Mm -hmm. Like, whether it's, like, just questions of our own faith 
or it's being exposed to other faiths right. and other lifestyles. Um, and so we are kind of left out there and we're like, I don't know how to fight. So I'm just going to give in. Either give in or you become, I feel like you either give in to what you're exploring or have questions about, or you just be like, you know what? Ignorance is bliss. You know what I mean? Like you just choose not to challenge, to not think you become one of those Christians who's like, you can't question me. I'm a Christian or don't question the Bible. It's holy. Like you don't study the word to show yourself approved Mm -hmm. when the Jehovah's Witness comes and it's like, well, you know, it just challenges your faith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another point that I wanted to bring up um, with like with our story and our journey of um, bringing our children into our faith um, is that one thing we did not want to do is force them into a faith that's not their own. Mm. Um, Because I don't know, I heard this quote years and years ago, and I've always held on to it um, in that a man convinced against his own mind is still a man unconvinced. Um, Like I've said it numerous times, um, but a man convinced against his own mind is still a man unconvinced. Um, So if you force your beliefs onto somebody else and don't allow them to uh, come to their those own conclusions themselves, Mm. then at the end of the day, it's still not their faith Mm. like Mm. they've just grabbed hold to your faith and they're just carrying it along for whatever superficial reason yeah for whatever whether it's to please you or um it sounds good at the moment it's convenient Mm. um whatever um but it's still not their own faith um and that's one thing that we didn't and don't want to do for our children um and so we want to make sure that we're leaving room for god to grip their hearts and for him to draw them in um, because at the end of the day, like we can't save our children anyway. Um, like I would rather for our children to, um, not make a confession till, you know, they're older teenagers, adults or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it is a genuine decision versus them making a decision at seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, um, that's kind of coerced or yeah. that's not genuine. Um, and so like, that is um, a fear or concern mm-hmm. that, you know, we have with our children is that like, I don't want them to choose Christ because their parents chose Christ. I want them to choose Christ because Christ has drawn them in and they are responding to his drawing. And this is where, remember, this is where I was like, but if Christ is the only option they see, is that really, you know what I mean? Like, this is me playing devil's advocate mm. because that is a big fear I have. And I'm not saying, I mean, obviously, they were born into this family with a purpose by God to do great things in the earth for his glory. Mm. Obviously. And I think my personal experiences have created a like, Sometimes because I know what is out there and a lot of it can be easily seen as like, oh, yeah, well, that 
kind of goes with our values and faith or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I fear being like, I don't know. I fear them being angry with me for not telling them the whole truth, for not telling them like this faith cost. Um, I fear them leaving the faith because they weren't ready for the cost. Mm-hmm. Um, but it goes back to what you just said, like, we can't save them. Yeah, I can't. I have no control over their walk with Christ aside from discipling them, exemplifying, and being there for conversations. And so that's one thing, like, oh, Jesus, you're going to have to help me because my experience has got to bow down to the sovereign God that I serve because my yeah. experience is nothing. God knows everything. He knows my kids better than I do. And so there's a reason I went through those experiences, but it does not override the sovereignty of God and his power. Yeah. It's, it's not easy to accept that. Um, But I mean, I also think that that's part of discipleship, Mm -hmm. like so that our sons and our daughter don't have to go through the things that we went through because as part of discipleship, like we're sharing not only um, the truths in the scripture, but we're sharing our story and our lives with them. So as we are teaching them, um, like even with you, um, like teaching them about um, like your experience and history with the 5% nation and like just where that, where that drew you Mm. um, and whether it's um, like with your past relationship with the Muslim guy, um, like sharing the draw Mm -hmm. of that um, sharing the draw of just wandering and wanting to be our own gods. Mm -hmm. Like I think sharing that is a part of discipleship. It's part of equipping them, you know, like it's not just, um, us teaching them biblical truths, but mm-hmm. discipleship is I'm opening my life to you and letting you see it all mm-hmm. and you glean and grab hold to what you need to glean and grab hold to. So when they are exposed to it, they'll be like, oh, I had a conversation about my mom about that and she shared with me and da 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 da. And using so, the scripture to expose the truth in the uh, out of the lie, you know, like being okay this is what they believe but this is what the word of god says and i see evidence of that in xyz so that discounts you know this this lie yeah teaching them to defend their faith apologetics right yeah and i think even like um like that's why i loved justice's question um Mm. when he was like his question or his statement his statement of like i don't know if you know i believe everything in the bible um and so like for us what that looks like in discipleship is this week um like i had found a um message from body bakum that he had done years and years ago um on why i choose to believe the bible and it walks through um i think it's first peter um it walks through a passage of scripture in there um just where Like it talks about the authenticity of scripture and why um, we can believe it. And so our plan this week is to break up that message into, you know, five or six um, 
little five or 10 minute snippets and let the boys watch it and then us just talk through it. Um, and I believe that's giving them a foundation because at some point in their lives, they're going to be faced with somebody who says, I don't believe your Bible. Mm-hmm. But if they're being taught from seven and nine years old, why we can believe um, the authority of scripture, then when they face that down the road, they'll be like, look, I don't know who taught you, but like, this is what I've learned. And not just this is what my parents taught me, but this is what scripture teaches me. This is what I stand on and believe. Um, So like, I mean, it's part of discipleship is Mm -hmm. being able and being willing to field hard questions like that. Because Mm -hmm. I mean, off the top of my head, I couldn't articulate to him why I believe the Bible. Uh, But I know there are scripture that supports it. And Mm -hmm. I can kind of talk to it, but we have resources that we can glean from and teach our children. Um, So I think all of that is part of discipleship, both pre-salvation and post-salvation. And that was one of the things like on this journey to where we are now with our oldest, I told E, I was like, E, I am so trying to understand are we training sinners? Like, like our whole, cause I have seen in multiple on multiple occasions where you have these kids who grow up in church and some of them have been so genuine in their confession of faith. And it's been a journey. Like they have asked questions of their mentors or their parents. They have been found in their rooms, reading their Bible, like, mm-hmm. um, Aaron's son. And, like just before, so there's been this journey and then some I've seen where it's been like the acts of, but no internal transformation, no understanding of what Jesus did has done. Um, and so that has been a fear like, yeah, I'm not, no, we're not going <laughs> away <laughs> because that is, that is not who I believe. That's not how I believe God called us to raise and aim these arrows. Like, I want to do this the right way. And there have been times where I've been anxious, like, oh, yeah, like, uh, and then it just all falls to peace. I'm like, this boy is a sinner. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't know Jesus. Oh, you don't know Jesus. Um, But having, like, this whole week, just it, all of these years culminating, culminating to this point, I can honestly say, yes, like I feel, and it's surprising because I didn't think he would be the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel at peace. Like I don't feel like this is a facade yeah. or that he's doing this to make us happy. Cause we could, I, he would be the one to do stuff to make us happy. Yeah. But even tonight, as you were working through the questions, his pauses, and how he was thinking. Yeah. And I was like, oh, let the tears flow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, yes, I don't think we can force. It's not healthy to force our faith onto our children. Um, but what that does not mean, um, and I think, Esther, you kind of alluded to it, um, is that, like, we are still called to... Um, bring up our children in the way that they should go. Right. Um, and that's something, yeah, that was a conversation we had had before. It's like, all right, so what does that look like? Because we know they're 
not Christians right now. Right now, they are unbelievers right. or non-believers, whichever one. Um, but I think the way that we have kind of grasped and held that is that um, we are called to teach them the importance of Scripture, teach them who our God is, mm-hmm. um, what our God has done, who they are in light of who he is, um, that they are created in his image and after his likeness and what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, we are to teach them of the purpose and power of prayer. Um, like we are to teach them that like every good and perfect gift comes from God. Mm-hmm. Like we are to teach them like everything that we have, everything that we Um, are allowed to experience in this earth like it comes from our creator Mm -hmm. and our creator desires to know us and for us to know him Mm -hmm. um like we see around us nature all of it yeah yeah like the whole premise of making god normal like it's giving them um a picture of who our god is and training them to understand that um and at the same time training them to understand that Look, right now, you are a sinner. Like, there are certain things that you don't have access to until you become a Christian. Um, Like, there are, like, you have opportunities where, you know, the Holy Spirit may use you to do certain things, say Mm -hmm. certain things, um, but it is, He's just coming upon you. But when we become Christians, He comes and lives and takes up residence inside of you. So there are distinct differences. Um, between you now and between, you know, when you confess Christ as your Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. Oh, were you going to say something? No, I just said, mm-hmm. Oh, your, <laughs> your lips were like they were about to say no, something. No, that's just, I mean, that's been my biggest hurdle is, or my biggest revelation is that I birth sinners. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like mother's womb right like they're not clearly like today in service (laughs) when the older two got back from the bathroom my boy just straight up lied lied. you missed what is so you missed it he did a one-legged push-up or a one-legged somersault one-legged something Straight up blatant lied right to his brothers in the midst of service. Like, <gasps> yeah, you a sinner. I I could. Yeah, that was just the guy showing me. He's like, yep. So I wanted to um, real quickly um, just walk through some encouragements, um, things that um, we have learned over this journey um, of leading our children to Christ child um, child I mean we're leading all oh, of them yeah, to Christ that's that's I why I said you. it like that so um, Amy Arrows leading them to Christ same thing um, so yeah so I have a list of one two six, seven um, seven things um, but so our encouragement is one give space for God to work Um, Like we've seen the benefit of making sure like being intentional to put our children in environments where they're able to experience God and hear God and get Mm. to know God, Um, whether that's at your local church, 
um, or even just doing that, especially at home, mm-hmm. um, just having times of like just quiet time, whether you put on some worship music, put on um, a sermon and just have the kids along with you, like just sit and be still and listen, um, being intentional to read the Bible with them, to pray with them. Um, all of these things are giving space for God to work. Um, mm-hmm. because like, I believe, you know, God is sovereign and he's able to, you know, save those who have never, um, read a Bible or anything like that. But I believe we're called as parents to facilitate an atmosphere where God can come in and work on the hearts of our children. Yeah, I definitely agree. It starts at home. <clears throat> it also then extends itself to church. If you're able, it can extend itself to where they're educated. If you're not, it can extend itself to extracurricular activities. That's why we're intentional with where our boys did their sports, um, all of their sports as of right now, Um, just in environments that focus either on godly character or um, like sportsmanship and stuff like that from a biblical perspective. Um, to who they hang around with, to like your play dates, your birthday, like making sure their environments are conducive for God to be seen and to move upon, um, and to be glorified. Mm. Yeah. Concerts. Yeah. Take them to a concert. Like worship sets. We used to have a prayer room at our other church. Like that was a big deal too. So, yeah. Yeah. So give space for God to work. Um, the second one um, we're not going to talk through because I think we already talked about it um, is leading them in the way they should go. Um, so even though they uh, they may have not yet confessed to being Christians, but teaching them um, who our God is, the importance of scripture, prayer, um, who they are in light of God. Um, so all of that. So leading them in the way that they should go. Um, number three is never let them assume that they are saved. Um, Mm. because like, we don't want our children to grow up assuming that they are saved because they were in church every Sunday because they prayed over every meal, um, because their parents were Christians or whatever else may cause them to assume that they are a Christian without, um, like them confessing their sins and believing in the work of the cross, believing in what Jesus has done. Um, and so like when we have conversations with our children, like I'm intentional to draw a point of separation. Um, like if we're talking about, um, God and his promises or whatever it may be, um, like I'm intentional to say, um, like, because mommy and daddy, um, believe in Jesus and what he's done, we're able to do or say, or, receive you emphasize such and such. like for the believer yeah basically. so yeah. i don't say you know oh you guys you know we all get this but no like it's those who have confessed it mm-hmm. um so never let your children assume that they are saved um number four is welcome and encourage questions yes. um, the way that we did with um justice um i know you had um something from vadi Bakun's book that you wanted to touch on that one 
So it was one of our top 10 faves from our first two episodes, and it was a book I recommended called Family Driven Faith. And in the book, there's a chapter that talks about, it's titled Teach the Word at Home. And um, I'm just going to say what the four things were, but he has a whole section that's called Q&A. And he's just explaining how the importance of having Q and A's with your kids, and when you do those Q and A's, they actually work through um, essential truths of the Christian faith by R.C. Sproul's with in their family. But as they were working through it, he re- realized like one, you need to give your child or children permission to ask biblical questions, because I think a lot of people in the faith. I can see culturally where it's like, you don't question the Bible. Don't question God. You know, like those. Just believe. Just believe um, things. But it is very necessary for your children to be able to have the freedom to ask biblical questions. The second thing he said was validate your child's honest biblical question. Um, So which would be an example of justice, like Mm -hmm. saying, you know, I'm not sure. And he was like, some ways you could respond to that is like, you know, that's a great question. Or, you know, I wondered about that myself. So letting them feel like, not letting them feel like it's bad that they asked this question, but giving them comfort and saying like, you know, that's really good that you asked, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, The third thing he says is answer your child's biblical question. And I think the most important thing about this is we all know how it feels when you ask a question and it's not answered or it's like a roundabout answer. And you're like, well, that's not what I asked. Like, yeah, <laughs> like you. Yes, um, <laughs> <Dang. laughs> yeah, so I'm bad at giving straight answers. <sighs> so but I think the important thing about this is that when your child answers the question, ask the question you may not have the answer right then, but like you said, you have resources. You could ask your pastor. You could ask one of your leaders, deacon ministers, a mentor that you have. There's books um, that are highly recommended where you can find the answer to those questions. It's not just on you. Yeah, and I think it's important to communicate that to your child if you don't know the answer to say, yes. I don't know, um, because they need to know that it's uh, it's okay and normal to be a Christian and not have all the answers um, because like we're not going to have it all figured out. Right. Like I still got questions and I will always have questions um, because part of me is a, uh, not a pessimist. What's the word? Mm, yes. You are. You have a negative view of things. No, I just don't take things at face value. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever that word is. I mean, that's one thing he says, though. He says um, his mentor, he would ask him a question. He's like, I don't know, but I will find out. That was always his response. And because his mentor did that, it showed him, one, that being a Christian doesn't mean you have all the answers. Mm -hmm. And two, that um, Christianity can stand up to scrutiny if given the space. Um, He didn't cop out. He didn't back down. It was like, you know what? Let me dig into that. 
Um, the last thing that he says about Q&As from your kids to your kids is teach your children to answer their own questions when they can. So this probably comes at an older age. Um, well, no, I think even now, I mean, it's just like, um, uh, I don't think it's comprehensive reading, but like reading with understanding, like allowing oh, yeah, them yeah, to yeah. read the read the passage or whatever and asking them and letting them come to the conclusion. Um, so it's them answering the question and you not giving them the answer. I think, I mean, it's just like most teachers are the good teachers that I've had did. It's like, you find the answer. Like, I hope you see where it is, but you find the answer. Yeah, I get that. Um, I'll read this final quote. He says, if my goal is to send my children forth as arrows or nuclear missiles bent on making a significant impact in the world for the cause of Christ, they are eventually going to have to know the Lord for themselves and think his thoughts after him without me looking over their shoulders. So Mm -hmm. just emphasizing when you get to, I feel like this is probably like me in high school when I was started studying scriptures and like cross-referencing and just looking at like stuff in the book of revelations that were referenced by the prophets. And it was just like, Oh, so that makes sense. It wasn't that anybody was there. I mean, there were questions that were asked, but then I realized like, I can look at this up on my own. And my mom, she gave me books. Like she bought books for me. She didn't necessarily have answers, but I valued those books. Mm -hmm. I valued like the support. That's good. So yeah. So welcome and encourage questions. Um, number five is be an example. Um, like our children, like they learn a little bit, um, from church and what you say, what you say. (laughs) Um, but a lot of it is like what you do. Like they see the lifestyle that you live. They know if like you really believe what you say, uh, if you're walking it out. Um, so I would say like by the grace of God, there's her song. <laughs> uh, by the grace of God, um, strive to walk out your faith before your children. Let them see um, all of it. The good, the bad, the ugly, um, the struggles, like the trip. triumphs. Yeah, our road trip. <laughs> Bring them into the story of your faith. Uh, so be an example. Uh, number six is don't overthink it to the point of rejecting what God is doing. Mm, Esther, um, say that yeah. again for me. Don't overthink it to the point of rejecting what God is doing. Um, Because sometimes like because of our history, because of Mm -hmm. our concerns, um, like we may reject and say, oh, you know, the Lord is not really working in their heart. Like they're just saying that just because Mm -hmm. or like that's not God working. And that's them just wanting to please mom and dad Mm -hmm. or, you know, that they made that decision because, you know, their youth teacher said it in such a nice way because kids are gullible, whatever. Mm. Um, but like, no, like if we are intentional to pray for our children, if we're open to see um, what the Lord is doing in their hearts, like there'll be signs and markers here and there. Um, so like, don't overthink it to the point where you're rejecting the the fact that God is working in the hearts of your children. Mm-hmm. Don't be discouraged when it may look like one week, like God is definitely moving. And the next <laughs> week you were like, this is a child of the devil. 
Like so, there <laughs> there will be extremes, um, but believe that like the Lord is working um, as we are faithful to pray, and like God is faithful to draw. Like He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Um, so if we continue to lift up Christ and the home before them, um, God will do the work. Uh, which brings me to number seven, the final one is at the end of the day, God does all the work. Um, like we can't save our children. Um, he, God allows us to partner with him in praying mm-hmm. for our children and discipling our children and living a life before them um, that makes God attractive. Um, but at the end of the day, like salvation is a work totally of God. Mm-hmm. It is not man's work. Like we can't boast about anything. Like we can't boast about the fact that Jonathan chose to receive Christ tonight. Mm-mm. Like we know. celebrate it and we're so, so thankful that it happened. Um, we're thankful that God has allowed us to pray for him over these last nine years. Uh, but at the end of the day, like God did this, mm-hmm. like we didn't do it. So be encouraged. Um, whether your children have already made the confession or you don't have children um, or your children have yet to make the confession, um, like trust God, keep praying, keep living before them um, and know like God is in the saving business. He was in the saving business oh. 2000 years ago and he ain't <laughs> retired. Like he, He's still running a multi-million salvation business. I knew you going to be... <sighs> What? I had to figure out a way to bring it back. The fact that uh, you said he's in the saving business, I was like, oh, I smell the pews. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about mine. Um, but yeah, so be encouraged, family. Um, I think that's all we got. Trust God with your children. Let be him... in position. Stay in a position with your quivers, your arrows in your quiver. I mean... Yeah, guys, you know how it was when your wife was giving birth and you were standing there at the edge like, all right, I'm going to catch this baby. You ain't do no work. You just caught the baby. You didn't catch nothing. The doctor caught the baby. <laughs> what are you talking about? Jesus caught him and then handed him to me. Uh, the wait, Lord caught him. The Lord. So Jesus caught. Jesus was the doctor that caught the baby. I'm not following. See, you, you, you weren't praying hard enough. You got you to gotta ask the Lord for revelation of that one. You talking about catching the baby. I was like, you ain't catching nothing but my grip of yep. my hand. All right. That's enough. I'm hungry. We about to go get dinner. Um, be sure to subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. Um, we're available on all major podcast platforms. Um, if you follow us on iTunes or Anchor, uh, be sure to rate us, leave your comments, help us to be found by other people who um, would benefit from our podcast. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Life with Gains Podcast. You can follow me at Life with underscore Emmanuel. And you can follow me at Two Aiming Four Arrows, the number two, the number four. And on that note, I'm Emmanuel. And I'm Esther. Join us next time as together we shuffle through this crazy life with With (laughs) Gage. Peace out. Bye.